today I want to bless your life by sharing with you more about the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that there are countless Christians around the world that live day after day, go with Sunday after Sunday, and never hear real, a real message on the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit and what he's all about? Because the truth of the matter is sometimes we do real good about talking about God the Father in the Old Testament. We talk about uh, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and we talk about the Word of God. But how many times do we really get into the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit and the purpose of the Holy Spirit and, and how he is the greatest gift given to Christians? The Holy Spirit is what I want to share with you today. I truly believe that as we get closer to end times, as we get closer to Jesus' return, And can I just set something straight right from the beginning? I'm one of those pastors that has the audacity to believe Jesus is coming back. You know, (laughs) there's some pastors today, I don't know why, they don't talk about Jesus returning. And to me, I just want to say it right from the beginning. If you're new here, um, I believe Jesus is coming back. I do. I believe that's the point. Because to me, that's the point of being a Christian. Jesus coming back. If it's not the point, I don't know what you call that, but that's not Christianity. Because the early Christians used to say, Maranatha. What does that mean? Our Lord come quickly. They celebrated it. I desire Jesus to come back. Like I love being on this world and I love, but not so much. Not so much that I don't look forward to something greater. And his promise is that he'll come back and get us so that we might be where he is. He's building a place for us. He's preparing a place. And I cannot wait to see Jesus. Amen? Amen. The reason I say that is because, you know, there's pastors today that don't believe in hell. They don't believe that Jesus might come back. They, I mean, they're just changing it up all over the place. I still believe his word. And the reason I say that is because the Bible tells us that prior to Jesus' return, it's going to get chaotic. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. And there's going to be a lot of deception. A lot of deception. And you go, wow, are we getting close? I don't know where you've been the last 18 months, but it's like they can't tell the truth. Who's they? No one. Doesn't matter. No one can tell the truth anymore. It's like, what do you believe? It's everywhere. You go, oh, pastor, are you sharing your politics? No, I'm just speaking truth. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle you are. It doesn't matter what. You just look and it's hard to get truth these days. It's hard to know what's up and what's down. And so what I'm trying to get you to understand is Jesus himself said, make sure you're not deceived. Make sure you're not deceived. Make sure you're not deceived. If it were possible, the enemy would try to deceive the very elect. Those are the ones that are saved. And the only way you're going to keep from being deceived is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So as we get closer to his return, things are going to get more chaotic and we're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to walk and to lead us, to give us discernment, to show us that's not true. That's true. Remind us of the word of God and he will bring to remembrance. You'll see in a minute as I preach. The, there's word, there's a, a promise from Jesus Christ that the spirit of truth will bring into remembrance the word of God into your heart. But how can you remember something you never knew? Uh-oh. See, that means we've got to study the word of God and God will bring it back into per- perfect recall when it's time. 
but we have to, but we have to study it. So I want to talk to you about this spirit because the truth is we cannot live a godly life. We cannot serve God. We cannot even know God or understand his word without the spirit, without the power of the spirit. We're going to see that God through his spirit introduces us to salvation. It's through his spirit that he empowers us to live holy. It's through his spirit that he gives us the ability to serve him supernaturally. That is supernaturally. We will have gifts to serve him. And he helps us understand the word of God. It's all by his spirit. So I'm going to answer three basic questions today about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? Number two has like two questions in one. What does he do and how important is it? And then number three, where is he? Where is the Holy Spirit? All right, stay with me on this. In Genesis chapter one, we'll just start right from the beginning. Genesis chapter one. The spirit is present right at creation. Genesis chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning, what God created, the heavens and the earth. Let's go to verse two. The earth was formless and void. That means this was an incomplete thing here. And God is about to complete it. Okay. The earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. So you have God, the Holy Spirit is moving on creation. And if you go through, God begins to create immediately there in chapter one. By verse 26, you have a very interesting verse. Now, I didn't put that up there, but I'm going to quote it to you. He says, let us create man in our image. First of all, who is let us create man in our image? God is speaking in plural terms, in more than one terms. He's talking, indicating that there is a trinity, a triunity in the Godhead. What do we mean by that? There is one God. Pastor, it sounds like you're talking about Three separate gods, no. One God, three in person. Three in person, one in essence. One God. One God. What do I mean by that? I mean exactly what God said in the book of Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord your God is one. Not many, one. You go, but how can there be three in one? Well, I love the way Dr. Tony Evans says this. He says, you know, I like to explain the Trinity in terms of a pretzel, you've got one pretzel with three distinct holes. Hole number one is not hole number two, and hole number two is not hole number three. Hole number three is not two or one or two, but they're all held together by the same dough. Right? One God, three persons, but they're perfect unity. Okay? You say, nah, it doesn't quite understand that yet. How about the way John Bevere explains it? I love the way Pastor Bevere explains it when he says, you know, you have, you have H2O, water. It can be solid, it can be liquid, and it can be gas, vapor. Yet it's still H2O, same molecular structure. How about the idea of the egg? You have a shell, you have the white part of the egg, and you have the yolk. Three in one. All one egg. 
You say, well, pastor, are you sure? I'm sure the Bible shows this over and over and over. And you'll see this as we go along. But I wanted to highlight for you that the spirit is the one that's going to be doing the creating. Why? Because he's the one hovering. They're speaking. They're saying, let us create man in our own image. But who's the one that creates? It's the spirit of God. Watch this. The spirit of God in, in Psalms 8.3. Psalms 8.3 says this. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained. The moon and the stars, which you have ordained. And so here you have this figurative language personifying the spirit, saying that, you know, painting the picture that the spirit is creating with a hand. You know, the Bible does this often because the, the Hebrew writers wanted you to understand that the spirit has intention. Why? Because the spirit is not just an it. It's not just a thing. As a matter of fact, it's not a thing. It's not an it. It's a person. The Bible refers to the spirit as he. You'll see Jesus say, when he comes, the one whom, it's a whom. That means he's a person. What does a person mean? It means he has intention. He has a will. He has determination. He has a mind and he has a desire and his desire is to love you and know you so that you may know Jesus Christ. That's true. Why am I making this distinction? Because in today's times, there's a lot of mysticism. You say, what is mysticism? It's just plain old run-of-the-mill New Ageism. Say, what is New Ageism? New Ageism is just cheap, recycled, old Babylon garbage. It's just recycled. He's brought it through Hinduism. He's brought it through Buddhism. He's brought it through all the Far Eastern religions. And now these mystics are talking about, and everybody's going and flocking after it from your yogis to everyone in between. And they're talking about this force. They're talking about this consciousness. They're talking about this energy. They're talking about all this stuff. That's just plain old lies, doctrine of demons, what the way the Bible calls it. Because the Holy Spirit is not a force, it's not a consciousness, it's not an energy, it's a person, it's a who. Okay, the reason that's important is because Christians have started to talk in terms of it. I need more of it. I need more of that force. I need more, that's, that's not Christian talk. The Bible says, and I'll show you here from God's word, that when you accept Jesus Christ, you are filled with the spirit of the living God. You have the spirit of the living God. You don't need more of its juice. The question is, are you giving enough of yourself to the spirit? Okay. You have enough of the spirit in you. Does the spirit have enough of you is the real question. Are you allowing the spirit to control your life is what we're going to be asking. Because the spirit is powerful, is powerful. Here, he created the heavens and the earth. He created the moon and the stars. You're gonna see not only that, but Jesus, not only does the psalmist proclaim this, but Jesus says it himself. Read with me in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 28. But if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. This is the way Matthew puts it, by the spirit of God. Watch the way Luke puts it. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, what is the Bible trying to paint for us? It's trying to paint for us that the Holy Spirit is the actual power of the living God. He's the one with the, 
It's the right hand of God. Bible says he brought us out with a strong right hand. By the spirit of God, with the breath of his nostrils, he split the sea. Right? That's the spirit of God. Not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. This is the power of the living God, the spirit. And so why would we ever make light of it? This is the important part that we've been given. It's that gift that we've put in the attic. Get it down. It's worth way more than that Barbie doll. It's, it's of immeasurable worth. Because it's the, it's the dunamis. The Bible calls the spirit of God dunamis, powerful. Dunamis is the Greek word that we get the word dynamite from. Now think of a dynamite. It makes things happen. Can I tell you when the Holy Spirit falls upon a church and indwells our, uh, us as believers and we give ourselves to the Holy Spirit, then things begin to happen. There's a dunamis. There's a power in our lives and in our families. And so here God is indicating that The spirit of God is the hand of God. In Job, he goes a step further. Watch what Job says. The spirit of God has made me. So now you have the spirit of God, the hand of God that's putting stars in its place. That's doing what? Driving out demons. But also knitting people together. In one version it says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Talk about the fingers of God can knit a human being, a baby, in, her, in their mother's womb. You knit me together. Read this with me very closely. In the book of Psalms, he says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Like I said, in another version, it says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, O oh God. And that my soul knows very well. Do you realize that he has put life in us? That's what Job says. Job, go back to Job with me. The spirit of God has made me and he has breathed the all, uh, excuse me, and the breath of the almighty gives me life. So you have the spirit knitting us together, forming us. Then he breathes life into us. Do you get the sense the Holy Spirit is a big deal? Oh my goodness. And this is our gift. This is our gift. Now watch this. In a minute, you're going to see that the spirit he breathed into us can commune with the spirit of the living God, with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit and testifies to things. What does it mean to testify? A testimony is making truth known. He makes truth known to you. This is, an, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing that is going on here. And he's saying, in, now I'm going back to, to chapter uh, Psalms 139. And that my soul knows very well. There's a connection with the depth of who you are to the depth of who God is. And deep cries out to deep. What does that mean? It means the spirit of the living God cries out to your spirit And draws you to God. Draws you to God. But something very, very important that I want to share here. He doesn't force you. The spirit of the living God is a gentleman. We'll talk more about that in a second. Because if you're saying, well, if he's so powerful, why why don't I just do what he wants me to do? 
We'll talk about that in a second. Do you notice how many Bible verses we're going through? We're going through a lot of Bible verses. Can I encourage you to bring your Bibles? I want you to get in the habit of carrying your very own Bible, to open it up, to mark it up, to get familiar with it, get used to flipping through it. This right here, my friends, is life. And this, my friends, is what the Spirit will use to reveal the vastness and the beauty of the Almighty God in your life. This is not a normal book. It's a supernatural book. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you feel. It will change the course of your life. It will change the course of your life. If you're here and you're thinking, man, this pastor, he's like, I I get into this word. I get into this word. This word is serious. It will change everything. But I want to show you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. You see this in that same psalm we were reading. Read with me. Where can I go from your spirit? In one version it says, where can I run? Where can I hide? And it says, where you cannot, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. What is the psalmist saying? Hey, you're everywhere. You know what else? Paul says in the book of Corinthians, not only is the spirit of God omnipresent, but the spirit of God is omniscient. He knows everything. Listen to what the apostle Paul says. For to us, God revealed them through the spirit. For the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. Wow, the Spirit of God knows everything. But pastor, I thought that Jesus Christ created everything. He did. And the Father, he did too. Remember, they're three in one. You go, wait, wait, you're gonna have to explain that more. I will. In the book of Colossians, Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Colossians. In the book of Colossians, the Bible says, for in him, all things were created. Who is the him? (coughs) Who is the him? Jesus. He's talking about Jesus Christ, the son of God. In him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. You know what he's talking about here? He's talking about the heavenly hosts. Remember, you do not, you do not battle against flesh and blood, but you battle against what? Principalities, authorities, powers, realms, you know, all kinds of, Jesus Christ created it all. This is also why the Bible says in the book of Romans, no one can separate you from the love of Christ. Why? Neither principalities, neither rulers or authorities or nothing. Why? Because everything is under the rule of Jesus Christ. He's the creator of it all. So watch. You're, you're probably thinking you're confusing me. Because on one hand, you're telling me it's the spirit of God. Now you're telling me it's the son of God. Who is it? It's three in one. Read with me. All things have been created through him and for him. They're talking about Jesus. Okay, now I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is where it all comes together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You're going to see the Bible indicate 
The Son, the Father, and the Spirit. Watch this. Now there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Son. And there are diversities of operations, but the same God, which worketh all in all. That's the Father. Now watch this. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So you have here, God the Father is what? Ordaining the operation. God the Son is declaring the operation. God the Holy Spirit is performing the operation. Do you see what what I'm talking about here? You have here that God the Father sets it forth. God the Son speaks it forth. God the Holy Spirit brings it forth. Let me put it to you another way. We are the church of the living God. We are the temple of the living God. When you build a temple, you need an architect, you need a foreman, and you need a worker. God the Father is the architect. God the Son is the foreman that speaks it forth. God the Holy Spirit is a worker that gets it done. Do you see what's happening here? So you say, but God the Son, you said, is the declaration. Yes, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Jesus Christ is the Word that has been spoken. Now the Word has been spoken, and the Holy Spirit will make it get done. See, because God's Word never goes forth without His hand performing it. That's what the Bible says. What God speaks, His hand performs. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Why is that significant for me? Well, it's significant for you because if God says, I will seal you and I will save you and I will hold you and you are mine, you are hidden in Christ in God, then what his word has said, his hand can perform. Can perform. Now, I don't think you really got me there. It's gonna come real, real down to brass tacks in our lives Because the number one question I get over and over and over in discipleship is, Pastor, can you lose your salvation? Well, if God has promised it, his hand will perform it. Meaning if God has said, I have saved you, I will resurrect you, you are mine and you are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, then it's already done because his word never speaks something that his hand cannot perform. Why? Because there's perfect unity between the son, which is the word, and the spirit, which is the power to perform it. Amen? It's right there. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. So why did I go through all this trouble to show you how awesome the Holy Spirit is? Because I want you to know he's not just a force. It's not an it, it's a who. It's a who. The Bible says this over and over. Now watch what he does. When I read the verses about what he does, you're gonna see how Jesus speaks about him as a person. But now let's get into what does the Holy Spirit do and how important is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is the strength to live for Christ. To live different. Watch. But I say to you, this is the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians. But I say to you, walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Stay with me on this. How many of us would love to live better? That's the desire of every Christian. I want to live better. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Watch. Paul is indicating exactly what Jesus indicated. 
He said, what? Narrow is the path that leads to eternal life. Wide is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the path that leads to eternal life, right? Here, he says, you got to walk this path out. You're walking towards heaven. You're walking. It's a spiritual journey that you're on, right? Now, if you walk by the spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So this is what's happening in us. When Jesus Christ comes into our life, it's by the power of his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes us alive in Christ. That's what the Bible says. You are alive in Christ where once you were dead. You were dead. You could not please God and there was nothing you could do to save yourself. But faith in Jesus changed everything when the Holy Spirit came in and brought that change about. The one you couldn't bring. Okay, watch. But... But you are being sanctified. What does that mean? That means you are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. You're becoming more and more like your Savior. That means you're not perfect. This is important because there's some people teaching in church today that you don't have to ask forgiveness of sins, that you do not sin. Yet the Bible says in 1 John chapter uh, chapter 1 and 2, it says... If any man says they do not sin, and he's talking to Christians, he is a liar and the truth is not in them. But he is faithful and just to forgive. All you have to do is ask because there is a war going on. Didn't Paul say the same thing? The things I want to do, I find it hard to do. The things I don't want to do, those are the things I find it easy to do. Then how do I get past this fight? It's got to be by the spirit of God. It's by the Spirit of God. Come on, there's hope. It's by the Spirit of God. If you're trying to do it in your own strength, you're never going to do it. And the enemy's going to be there to tell you you're a big loser. Believe me, I've been there. And the truth is, I am a loser, but glory be to God. He is a victor. He is awesome. He is. And my salvation is not in me, it's in Him. It's in Him. So I die to myself that I might live through Him. That's what the Bible teaches. Man, I'm really, these guys are help boys. I I need to relax. (coughs) Some of you are going, oh my gosh, are you sick? No, I've already had that. I'm just dealing with severe allergies. I think it's this mold, ragweed. I don't know what it is, but I can't get my voice strong enough. Because every time I preach, I get excited and I do that. And just about the time I'm getting better, I got to preach again. Oh, well. Lord, I love you. Let's do this. Um, So this is what happens. Paul is literally saying, if you're going to walk things out, you're going to overcome those desires. We all have desires that are of the flesh still. You say, what kind of desires? Well, your flesh desires sex, food, Pride desires all these things. And so when you're tempted with that, you have a decision to make. And the Bible says here to overcome that and go in the right direction, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it says right here. And you will not carry out. So this is the interesting thing. Notice what he's saying. You're going to have desires. He doesn't say don't have desires. It says, how do you deal with those desires? You deal with them by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's important. 
I'm going to talk more about how that looks. But let's go to verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So there it is again. There's a walk happening. You'll see it very, very clearly as Jesus begins to talk now in the book of John, chapter 14. We're going to read out of 14, 15, and 16. Just a few verses that highlight some of these marvelous truths. I will ask the Father. Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father. And he will give you another helper. That means I've been helping you, but now the helper is coming to help you. That he may be with you forever. Notice that promise, with you forever. This is exactly what God said to Joshua when he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you realize that same promise is made to us in the book of Hebrews? That once you proclaim faith in Christ, he will never leave you or forsake you. Who is that someone that will never leave you or forsake you? The Holy Spirit. He says, I will be with you forever. God never speaks what is canned. Remember, the hand is the the spirit cannot perform. They're one in thought and action, in word and deed. This is important because this is philosophical thought. We tend to be duplicitous people. That means we say something and hope we can accomplish it. God is not that way. There's perfect unity. Whatever he says, he does. He's, he's one in thought and action. So watch this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you. So highlight that. He will teach you. And bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. This is why it's so important to read this word. Because he's going to teach you. And when you need it, you'll be able to recall it. Do you realize that's happened to me? I'll be out there witnessing. I'm like, Lord, what is that word? And then boom. Gives it to me. It will happen. This is a beautiful thing. The word that he keeps using is helper. Do you know in the Greek it means parakletos? which literally means comforter, counselor, helper. But I want you to read that second line there. This form of the word is unquestionably passive. What? You just got through telling me how powerful he's and now he's passive? No, this is beautiful because he's a gentleman. He's not going to force you. Is he powerful enough to force you? Of course he can. But that's not love. C.S. Lewis put put it this way. You cannot coerce, manipulate, force, or rape love. It has to be wooed. The person has to want to love you. As messed up as Disney is, even they got that right. You remember the genie? What's the one thing he couldn't do? He couldn't raise from the dead. I thought that was interesting. You go... Right? Because only God can bring life and only God can cause love. Mm. Anyway. So, so stay with me on this. Listen to what he says here. In the, he keeps talking here about the Holy Spirit. When the comforter comes, do you realize it's passive? Because it means to walk alongside. On this journey, the Holy Spirit. Now, does that mean he's really on the side? No, he's in you. But he's 
painting a word picture for you that it's like he's a partner in this thing with you. I'm not going to take over and lead you. I'm not going to be a taskmaster and you become my slave. I'm not going to come from behind and kick you in the tail. I'm going to be right beside you and we're going to talk some things out. I'm going to teach you how to trust God. I'm going to reveal to you his will. If you ask me, I will share. But do you realize you can grieve the Holy Spirit? You can quench the Holy Spirit. You can lie to the Holy Spirit. You can ignore the Holy Spirit. You can do all of those things. It's found in God's word. We'll share more of it. But right now, I'm just trying to paint the picture of what's happening here. You receive this marvelous gift. Now, the question is, is do you want it? Do you want to be led by it? Because he's not going to force himself on you. Keep going with me. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father. He will testify about me. So what is the Holy Spirit's role? To make Jesus known to you. Keep reading with me. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He goes on to explain that in verse 9 concerning sin because they did not believe in me. So watch the Holy Spirit's role. His very first role is to introduce you to Jesus Christ as a Savior. He comes and he shares with you, you're a sinner, you need, to, you need a Savior. See, if you don't know you're a sinner, you'll never know you're a Savior. This is why this new modern new age movement is so dangerous because they say you don't need atonement. You don't need a savior. There is no such thing as sin. They're just different choices. I guess there is different choices if the spirit isn't a person and you don't offend anything because it's just a cosmic force. But the Bible says you offend God. That you do will, you will face a real living God that is very much a person. Not a person in in terms of human personage, but person in philosophical, theological terms that he has a will, a mind, an intention, and he has said certain things are wrong and there will be a judgment. That's what he says. Listen, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you that you're a sinner, to show you that there is a better way to live. Live righteously for God. I will help you live righteously for God so that you might become all that he's called you to be and you will escape the judgment. It's right there. That's his first and ultimate role. Now, do you see why this new age thought is so dangerous? Because it denies the very truth of God's word. And that thing is growing. That's the deception that will be on the earth. Keep reading with me. I love this stuff. I have many more things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. What is Jesus talking about? But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and disclose to you what is to come. And he will glorify me. So this is the point. He's saying, guys, you're not ready for me to dump everything on you. There's so much more you need to know. Trust me, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to be better. Because I was only in one place at one time, but the Holy Spirit's going to fill all of you. And he's going to lead you in your own unique situations. He's going to lead you in Bastrop. He's going to lead you in Detroit. He's going to lead you in Atlanta. He's going to lead, come on now. 
He's going to lead you in, in Houston. And he's going to be coordinating it all if you listen. Isn't this amazing how when pastors are listening to the word of God and they're all teaching on the same page, they're singing from the same sheet of music. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is orchestrating it all. This is gorgeous. And then this is the important thing I want to bring out here. So many times we pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal himself. Do you realize that's not necessarily the right way to pray? The Holy Spirit said it. I mean, Jesus said it right there. He will not testify of himself, but instead he will reveal who? He revealed Jesus. So when we pray the Holy Spirit to reveal himself, who's he going to reveal? He's going to reveal Jesus. And sometimes we think, yeah, but Jesus, I already know Jesus. I want something fresh. I want something cool. I want something like that. And so we go off searching. No, no, no. Listen, the Bible says in the book of John that many things Jesus did, so much so we couldn't record them all because there's not enough books in the world to hold all that Jesus did, taught, and who he is. And yet the Holy Spirit can come and reveal that to you. Okay, we're almost done. So where is he? Where is he? I just told you what he does. I just told you who he is. I just told you that it's very important. Now I'm going to share with you where he is. Well, pastor, you just said he's everywhere. Read with me in the book of Romans. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Where is he? He's in us. But why don't I feel more? Passively, passively walking with us. Remember the Bible says, I saw like a dove. What is a dove? It's gentleness. Kindness. Humility. He's going to gently lead you. Problem is, many Christians don't want to hear him. And so today, I want to encourage you this week, man, start mixing it up with the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Listen to what else Paul says in the book of Romans. The same chapter. For all who are being led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. He just said a mouthful, but this is what he said. Again, he's not your slave driver. He's not a taskmaster. You will not be a slave. You will be a son. He's going to come alongside you. He's going to testify to your spirit. Why? The deep cries out to deep. He's going to let you know what's on the heart of God. This is the way we're to walk. You say, Pastor, why is it so hard then? Because so many times we haven't been taught this. That the way we live should be like this. Lord, you decide what's next. Where should I live? Where should I walk? Who should I marry? What should we do now that we're a couple? Where should, how many children do you want us to have? 
What do you want me to serve? How do you want me to serve in the church? I'm tired of just sitting in the pew, listening to message after message. It's time for me. I got to grow up. I got to quit saying, oh, I want to be fed. I want to be fed. Fasters fed me to the point that I'm overweight. Now I got to get in. Now I got to get in the game. Lord, lead me this week. Who can I pray for? The other day I was, I was reaching out to some of our people that have been sick. Realized they didn't have, they didn't have to because they couldn't get out. They had COVID and they couldn't get out. I said, I'll take it to you. I felt great. He goes, no, no, you're the pastor. I said, man, I need this. I need this. I went and grabbed so much Campbell's soup off my shelf. And I, you know what happened yesterday? The Holy Spirit showed me Randall's is closing down and everything is like 50% off. I went in Randall's. I bought so much Campbell's soup. I said, Lord, somebody needed Campbell's soup. I'm going to, I got it now. No, I mean, get in the game. But this is why, because so many times we get to thinking, this is my life. I do what I want, when I want, how I want, where I want with who I want for as long as I want. And we don't say, no, Lord, this is your life. You saved me. You bought me at a high price. I belong to you. Holy Spirit, talk to me. Lead me. Help me make good decisions. Lord, I want to be more like a person that can trust you. I want to be more like a person that can hear you because a person that asks for the Holy Spirit's help and steps out in faith becomes more like a person that can ask and step out in faith who hears more like a person... You can also go in the wrong direction. You can become more like a person that relies on yourself, who ignores the Holy Spirit, that becomes more like a person that relies on themselves, who ignores the Holy Spirit, who becomes more like... Jesus? Is that you? Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, we're done. Where is the Holy Spirit? He's within us. So that we can be children of God. But I don't know if you caught that. There's so much richness here. I'm going to just keep sharing it. He says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit. You know how powerful that is? The number one question I get was what? Can you lose your salvation? No, you cannot lose your salvation. The Bible says you are sealed with the spirit of promise. Whose promise? Christ, God, his promise. He doesn't break his promise. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, he is not a man that he should lie. Men lie. God keeps his promise. So that means if he sealed you with the spirit of promise, you are sealed. The problem is not whether you're, you're, you can lose your salvation. The problem is, are you saved? Are you saved? Do you have the spirit of adoption? Has something changed where you want to live for Christ? Because his, the spirit of the living God gives testimony to your spirit that yes, you're in. How does that testimony work? There's assurance there. But when you're walking away and you're living by your own strength, according to your own desires, you go, but pastor, my desires aren't bad. I'm just trying to build wealth. I'm trying to do this. But what if God has something so much more? And this is what God is saying. God is saying, you want to know that you're saved. It's when you walk with my spirit and my spirit will testify to your spirit. You are a son. You are a daughter. So Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the spirit also helps us with our weaknesses. 
when we don't know how to pray in our deepest, darkest moments, the spirit of the living God begins to utter for us, takes our prayers, searches the depths of our heart and who we are and takes it before God the Father and God the Son and says, this is how we need to work in his life. This is what he's been needing. He doesn't even know he needs it. She doesn't even know where she needs healing. She doesn't even know all the hurt that she's still dealing with. But Father, I ask that you give me, Lord, permission to use my powerful hand to begin to work in her life. That's what it says right there. And then we get to that famous verse. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's by the spirit of the living God. Before we go any further, I want to ask a very serious question. Is there anyone here who needs to know Jesus Christ as Savior. Ms. Sharon, I'm going to ask you to put up there Romans 8, 9, 9 and 10. I want everyone to read that verse with me very closely. These are not my words. These are the words of the living God. Whoever you, uh, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ. He does not belong to him. Pastor does that mean speaking in tongues? Does that mean stop? We'll get to the gifts. We'll get to the fruit. We're just at the foundation. The foundation is. Do you know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior? And if you do. The spirit of the living God lives in you. If you're not sure, then let's get sure today. I'm going to ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed. Is there anyone who wants to give their life completely to Jesus and to say, Holy Spirit, I need to know for sure that I am yours. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I see a hand right quick. Yes, sir. I see another hand. I see your hand back here, brother. I see your hand right here, young lady. I see your hands right here, guys. Young lady, I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand right back here in the back. I see your hand. I see your hand up against the sound booth. This beautiful couple right here. I see hands going up. Now, I've been all over the gospel of salvation in the book of Romans. I'm gonna, we're going to pray together the prayer found in Romans. Where Paul says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he is the son of God. He died for you and rose again. Then you shall be saved. So we're going to pray that prayer together. Just pray these words with me. Again, it's not about my prayer. It's about your heart. 
Father God, thank you for your son, Jesus. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the son of God. He came to this earth. He died on a cross for our sins and he conquered death by the power of the spirit of God. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Take full control. Rule and reign. Holy Spirit, seal me and lead me through eternity. I stand forgiven and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God is good, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved. You are saved. Now start walking with the spirit of the living God. He's gentle. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. I want you to think about even counselors here on this earth. When you go into a counselor's office, they start beating you up. No, they're quiet. They lead softly. So you're going to have to listen. Ask him questions. He'll answer. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. May you come quickly. And until that day, we will celebrate what you did at the cross. Thank you for your body that was broken for us. Thank you for your blood that was shed that we might be forgiven. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I love y'all. Have a great, great week.